Welcome to the Binge on This podcast, a podcast that you can safely binge and actually lose weight with Michelle Hasty Thompson. If you've been struggling with weight and food for a significant period of time, this episode is for you. See, conventional strategies to lose weight include lowering our overall calorie intake and or increasing our calorie output so that the body's in a deficit. The problem with this extremely simple strategy is that it only works if the body were truly simple, which it's not, making it 1-2% to effective long term. And I am totally okay with the weight loss and dieting industry creating more extreme and more regimented strategies to lose weight because they keep shooting the same dysfunctional dart hoping to magically hit a bullseye. Meanwhile, I'm over here getting to the root of all this weight and food dysfunction and educating my peeps on the truth about weight loss that would tank the weight loss and dieting industry. And before we can talk about the way to lose weight for long-term success, we have to look at where the weight and food challenges began in the first place. See, the industry is majorly step-skipping and turning a complete blind eye to some extremely valuable information. Something precedes a person eating too much food than the body wants or moving less than the body wants, but the vast majority of people are just trying to get themselves to eat less and move more, which I get is totally the ultimate goal here. But why we eat too much and move too little is more important and we're being fed lies about what these reasons are. We're being told that we are addicted to food, out of control, untrustworthy, genetically predisposed, hormonally or age challenged, weak, pathetic, undisciplined, unmotivated, and you get them. And all the solutions out there are targeting those reasons to get people to eat the right amount and move in the right amount. But these aren't the reasons we're eating too much and moving too little. They are the response to something else. Something occurs that causes us to eat too much and move too little, and this dysfunctional world with weight and food breeds all those things I just mentioned. So focusing there is a complete waste of time. So to help you understand what's really going on, I'm going to tell you a story. But before I do, I just want to thank you so much for showing up and tuning in. This podcast is inspired by you, and there's nothing more important to me than you walking away with permission to be more of yourself including having your ideal body. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Nothing makes me happier than knowing you're picking up what I'm putting out. Also, send any questions or topic ideas to info at totalbodyhealthsolutions.com or just shoot me a DM on Instagram at totalbodyhealthsolutions. All right, let's dive in. So this best way to describe the real reasons that we come to this dysfunctional place with food and weight is through story. And this story happens to be my story. Because when you look at everything that I experienced on the surface, it doesn't really make sense as to why I gained weight, why I started eating the way I did, why everything happened the way it did. But when you look deeper, it's really freaking obvious. So it all started for me when I was 21 years old and I became a personal trainer. That is technically when all the dysfunction began. But actually, to really understand why this became a problem for me at the age of 21, we have to go further than that. Because as a child and as an adolescent growing up, I was extremely insecure. I didn't have a lot of confidence. 
I had a very fixed mindset, meaning I really believed that if I wasn't good at something, then I wasn't good at something. There was no matter of learning it or practicing it. It's like I was either good at it or not good at it. So it never really made sense to me to put forth effort towards anything that I wasn't in my mind naturally gifted at. So for me, that was singing. It's not that I was a phenomenal singer, but it was something that I was technically never taught to do. I just did it. I did musical theater. I did singing. That's what I did. But what I did not do was anything athletic. I was not athletic at all. I played like one year of soccer and apparently was very bad at it. And my parents put me in musical theater. I loved it. I clung to it and it was very natural for me. And I never did anything athletic at that point going on through until I was 21 and became a personal trainer. But the point is that I had this wound from a very young age of I'm not athletic I'm not good at sports. I'm not coordinated. So I had a lot of stories about who I was, meaning in terms of other athletes and other muscular people and other fit people, I felt inferior even though I was technically thin. So around people who were good at sports and were playing sports and were athletic, I felt extremely inferior. And even when I became a personal trainer, it was a joke to everybody that knew me because I wasn't athletic at all. And they're like, you're going to be a personal trainer? And I'm like, yeah. And I was already insecure about even being a trainer because I felt like I was kind of playing a role and it wasn't really me, but I wanted it desperately. I wanted nothing more than to be athletic. I wanted to be seen as fit, as strong, as muscular, and as an athlete. I wanted people to think I was an athlete because I never identified one my entire life. So now fast forward, I'm 21 years old. I go to the gym to get a job as uh, someone who works with the kids, you know, watching the kids. I was in uh, college to get my degree in liberal studies to teach elementary school. So it made sense to me. I was already a nanny for the summer. I might as well work at the gym, get a free gym membership, watch the kids. It was an easy uh, solution to me to make some extra money. I was also working at a restaurant. So when I went in and they hired me, I was filling out my new hire paperwork and then the fitness manager came over to me and said, you know, have you ever thought about becoming a personal trainer? And I laughed because like I said, I've never been athletic and I looked at personal trainers almost like gods, like, oh my God, it's amazing who they are and what they do and I can't do any of that. And so I laughed and I said, well, I've never played sports and I don't have any athletic ability in my body. And he laughed and he said, I, I can teach you that. I just need you to be good with people and have the right personality. And it seems like you are just from what I've been watching in this short period of time. So he said, you know, are you willing to go out on the floor and talk to people in the gym? And I said, sure, happy to talk to people. I love talking to people. So I went out and started talking to people on the cardio equipment and just asked them about what their goals were and what they were doing and introduced myself and we laughed and we talked and I came back and, and he said, you know, that you're natural with people. And so I would love to hire you as a personal trainer and I will personally put you through our training to become a personal trainer and I will work with you one-on-one -on -one to help you become a personal trainer. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. I was terrified, but I mean, here I am my whole life just wanting to be athletic and this opportunity just landed in front of me to become the very thing that I desperately wanted to become, but felt inferior to. 
So I'm super excited. And I got my first uniform shirt, said trainer on the back. I was officially a trainer. I was going through all the trainings in in terms of um, the week-long course they put you through, plus my online certifications, plus my time shadowing all the trainers and working with my manager. And I was so excited. And I was also working at a restaurant, like I said. And I went to one of my coworkers and I was like, I'm so excited. I just got hired as a personal trainer. Um, You know, I think this is going to be really fun. And she looked at me. And she said, you don't look like a trainer. Now, I don't know what she meant by that. At the time, I weighed about 120 pounds. So I was very thin. Uh, I was not muscular. And maybe that's what she meant. Maybe I didn't look like I played sports. Who knows? But in that moment, in that one sentence, I was brought back to all my insecurities, all my feelings of inferiority, all of that fixed mindset of who am I to stand out there and pretend like I am athletic, to stand out there and pretend like I can be a trainer. Um, This is never going to work. I'm never going to fool anyone into believing I'm seriously a trainer. And this is proof of that. And at that moment, I made a decision, an unconscious decision that I was going to freaking look like a personal trainer, that never would somebody look at me and have any doubts that I was athletic. And so, as you can imagine, it became a little bit obsessive. Now, on the surface, in terms of what I was doing, I started counting my calories. I started working out like crazy. I was really focused on weightlifting. I was doing my cardio. I was working out usually twice a day. And and then working with clients and and shadowing trainers, Um, also working at a restaurant, also going to school. I was extremely active. Um, I was building strength. I was building endurance. Um, I was eating healthier than I had ever eaten before in my life. And to me, and on paper and to everyone else, it made a lot of sense that doing this would create the ultimate outcome of being extremely fit. Like I was beyond just wanting to look like a trainer. I wanted to look like a fitness model. And And in my perception, it didn't make sense that I wouldn't because I was 120 pounds. And so all I had to do was gain some muscle and I was already pretty thin. My body fat was pretty low. So it's like, what's so hard about this? I'll just clean up my diet and start working out. I don't really work out much now. So working out and then cleaning up my diet should create the ultimate outcome, right? And I wanted to lose about 10 pounds of fat because I needed to gain a bunch of muscle And that was the goal. And talking to my fitness manager, talking to my trainer friends, everybody's like, yeah, you'll do this in like a couple months. This is easy. And I thought it would be easy. I had no reason to not think it would be easy, except that coming from the place that I was coming from, coming from all the dysfunction, the inferiority, the insecurities, the the out there to prove something, the wanting to be an identity that I didn't feel like I truly was, the wanting to prove everybody wrong, like coming from this wound of what it meant to me to be athletic and fit and a trainer and how I felt my whole life around that whole concept created a dysfunctional mess because the cleaner I ate and the more I worked out and the more I counted my calories, the more weight I gained. And nobody could make sense of it because on paper, I checked off every box. I was even wearing, they didn't have Fitbits at this time because this was many years ago. I was wearing a body bug and a body bug did what a Fitbit does, but it was big and bulky and massive on my arm. And it basically would tell you how many calories you're burning, what your heart rate was and your steps and everything that a Fitbit does. And I would log into the computer and I would put all my food in and I would connect the body bug and I would be in a calorie deficit every single day. 
every time I showed somebody my stats, they'd be like, there's got to be something wrong with your thyroid. You've got to be lying about your food. Like none of this makes sense because according to this, you should be losing one to two pounds a week. You should be at your goal weight. I'm like, I know I'm working really freaking hard. And so what I would do is I would just work out harder and I would clean up my diet even more and I would try even harder. And I just kept gaining weight. It was never a massive amount. I would gain like a pound a week or a couple pounds, you know, every few weeks, but it was steadily moving up and my body fat was increasing. So I think I was about 22, 23% body fat before I was a personal trainer. And then now as I was gaining weight, I got up to 32% body fat. I went from 120 to 145, um, and that was within about a year and a half. So I gained 25 pounds in a year and a half. I was 32% body fat. I was now having major dysfunction with food when I never had dysfunction with food prior to that. All of a sudden, I was addicted to sugar. All of a sudden, I was binge eating every single night. All of a sudden, I was overeating every meal. I couldn't stop thinking about food. It consumed me. And I was obsessed with exercising. I would work out, like I said, twice a day. I would, If I binge ate, which I did every day, I would go for an extra bonus run to work off those calories. Um, even though I was binge eating and overeating, I still never exceeded like 2,000 calories. And because I was working out so much, I was burning an insane amount of calories because I was a personal trainer during the day. I was walking my college campus during the day. I was a host at night, um, meeting on my feet, walking. And then I was working out twice a day and going for extra runs. I mean, there's no way on paper that I could not lose weight, but I wasn't. I was gaining weight. And when you think about this and you go deeper than the surface, And you think about why I wanted to lose weight so badly and what this was really all tied to. And the fact that it was all stemming from inferiority and insecurities and low confidence and this this dysfunctional or obsessive need to be seen as fit and athletic. Then it makes a lot of sense that the environment inside of my body wasn't ideal, meaning it didn't matter how well I ate and how much I moved and how perfectly I checked off all the boxes because there was complete chaos inside of my body. The systems that we need to burn fat were not running the way that they need to run for efficiency. They were dysfunctional. They were stressed out. They were burnt out. They were tired. They were coming from this emotional wound. And all of that mix is the part that we can't measure. So when you tell someone you're eating too much or you're moving too little, and then you just get them to eat less and move more, that only works when the body is extremely simple and none of our bodies are. And you can't measure why someone's losing weight wants to lose weight, I should say. You can't measure what the internal state of the body is. Not really, because even if you calculate basal metabolic rate using that calculation that we all do, or even going in the hydrostatic tanks or all the different things we can do to get accurate numbers, none of the things I'm talking about are measurable like that, which is why I am coming from the field of psychology, because I'm looking at subjective data that, that the natural science community cannot measure nicely and neatly on a graph like they'd like to with everything else. So as much as you'd like to say, just eat this many calories and burn this many calories and have a result, you're ignoring the human side of you and you are 100% human and you are human before you're anything else. So to say that we can just input this simple equation and have a simple output is fine for a robot or a computer. 
but we cannot ignore who we are and how we function as humans. So we have to look at when we decide to lose weight, where is this coming from? And if it's coming from this need to fit in or need to be accepted or people pleasing or feelings of inferiority or insecurities or wanting to be perfect or this extrinsic motivation of I want everybody to see me. I want everybody to see me thinner. I want everybody to see me succeed. I want, I want to do this so I look good on the beach. I want to look good for my wedding. Like this external stuff is going to be challenging to ever achieve that goal long term. And especially when we use methods like we do for weight loss that are externally focused, it creates a disconnection from the body. And that means that your desire for the body to burn more fat is not going to be very efficient when you're not even using the body. You're like saying, hey body, you're not working correctly. I can't trust you. I need to override you with this external method, which is exactly what I did because up to the age of 21, I never had any weight issues and I never knew how many calories I ate or how many calories I burnt. And I was pretty sedentary because as I said, I never played sports or was very active. I had gym memberships and I would you know, push some weights around and do the elliptical machine on easy, but like I was never doing anything crazy and I never knew how many calories I ate, but everything was running efficiently because I was just listening to my body. I didn't have any external information at that time. I didn't have any plans to follow. I didn't even know how people lost weight. I didn't even know how, what calories were or how they worked. All I had as a blueprint was what my body told me to eat and how my body told me to move and nothing else. And that's all I followed. And a lot of people say that people like that who don't have any idea how they're thin are blessed genetically or have fast metabolism. And I'm a perfect example of how can that be? Because as soon as I tried to lose weight, as soon as I tried to jump into the world that all of my clients were in, it didn't work. And I became just like all my clients, completely obsessed with food, gaining weight, nothing really making sense, impossible to stick to a plan because I would try carb cycling and I couldn't make it two days on low carb. I couldn't even stick to it at that point. So my point is that there are so many things that are occurring prior to eating too much and moving too little. Why we eat too much and move too little gives us all the information we need of where we need to start fixing whatever needs to be fixed. And it's not that there's anything wrong with us inherently. There's not anything wrong with our body or our brain. We just need to look at where is this all stemming from? Where did it all begin? Because what happened for me was the more that I gained weight, the more inferior and and incompetent I felt. And the more inferior and incompetent I felt, the more the scale kept going up. And the more it kept going up, the more out of control I felt. And the more out of control I felt, the more I tried to control. And then after some time, the more weight I gained, the more isolated, disconnected I felt from other people. You know, my family is very healthy and thin. So when here I am, the only one struggling and nobody's, not only did nobody know how to help, it was, I felt really out of place. Like I felt like what's wrong with me? And I felt like they were judging me and they were looking at me and they were like, Oh God, she's really struggling. And like my mom would say things like, are you working out? Which was infuriating because she wasn't trying to be condescending. But if she would have known how much I was working out, that's like the biggest insult ever. Right? Because I was working out more than any 
person probably was working out said, you know, maybe unless they're athletes. And so to have somebody look at me and say, are you working out? When I worked out like crazy, I was just wanted to scream. And the more overwhelmed I felt by all of it, the more I would check out and go numb. I was exhausted. I was frustrated. I had so many emotions to process. I couldn't fix it. And everything was spiraling out of control so quickly. And the worst part about it was that I was a personal trainer through all of it. So I was supposed to be the expert. I was supposed to be the model, the example. And none of my clients knew how much I was struggling because I was still 130, 135, 140 pounds. So it's not like it was anything that was dramatic in terms of how I looked. I also worked out so much that I had a lot of muscle tone. So even though I was way heavier, it still wasn't much heavier than what the average person is struggling with when it comes to weight. So their perception of me was that I had it all together and I had to work really hard to maintain that basically fake facade of who I was, of having it all together, of eating really healthy and working out all the time and and being happy with my results and being the expert. And I was struggling more than anybody on the planet, at least it felt like to me. And I wasn't any closer to knowing how to fix it all. And then I was sitting there every day trying to help people do the exact thing that I couldn't even figure out how to do for myself. And whenever I'd go to other people and say, what's going on? Why can't I lose weight? They wouldn't know either. The experts, the trainers, the nutritionists, that every person I talked to was like, I don't know why you're not losing weight. I think you should go to the doctor. I think there's something wrong with you. And if you're thinking that, you just know that when I lost the weight, it came off so freaking easy that you would never believe I ever had this challenge. And for those of people who don't know me, uh, didn't know me back then and just know me today, that's probably the perception that they have is that I'm just some lucky thin person that's never had to struggle with this. And I live very easily and effortlessly around food and weight now. But trust me, it was uh, not an easy thing for me for a very uh, significant portion of my life that I was able to thankfully be able to come to the other side of. And I would love to continue to tell you about that. We'll pick that up in the next episode. If you'd like to dive deeper into this topic and figure out why I was able to lose the weight and what I did and what I now teach people so that they can do this in a way that actually works long term, I invite you to download my free report that discusses the three main weight roadblocks that keep women from losing weight no matter how hard they try. Just head to terminatethebinge.com and you'll also find our free assessment to help you determine which of the three weight roadblocks you are dominant in with customized training to help you finally end your weight and food struggles permanently. And of course, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks so much. And until next time, have a great day.